You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. We never have enough to say on this podcast. <laughs> I know, and that's exactly why we start out that way. And welcome, folks, to GSE episode 165, the very first episode of 2015 the year. Welcome, Mr. McPeak and Mr. Greentree. Hello. Hello there, listeners. We're in the future. We went back to the future to 1955, then back up to 1985. Then sometime, that damn Biff, he took the time machine and ruined 2015. Because I tell you, the 2015 that he created, when the timeline skewed into this tangent, isn't the same one in Back to the Future. It sucks, man. You know, I have to admit to the listeners, it took me a while when we were doing a little pre-show prep here to figure out what the hell Mark and Mike were talking about. Because it's been so long since I've seen the movies, I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, it's a fun series. I, I love it. I Actually, the third one's my favorite. But I think that's because I enjoy the Old West in, in any film. Um, I don't know why I've just got an affinity for the Old West, the American Old West, of course. And um, just the, the train, and I love trains, and, and that whole story arc, it, it was just great. Uh, the first one, yeah, it was it was a good film, but going back to 1955 wasn't that much of, of an appeal to me. But the second and third films really made that, that entire franchise for me. I just, I loved at the time going forward and thinking, oh, wow, this is what we'd be in the future, flying cars, weather where the rain, you, you could check on, on I, I think, Doc Brown had a, a, a watch and he, he'd look and five more seconds and then the rain would stop. And, you know, it, it's just that kind of geeky type stuff that I just, I, I loved as a kid seeing the movie and I, I still love to this day, even though we haven't got everything. The fact that we've got some of the things like video conferencing, when we first saw in the future, uh, in, in the second movie, the video conferencing on the big flat screen TV. I mean, who would have thought when we had those big CRT screens that we'd have just a, a thin panel, big screen TV, yeah. then one that could do video conferencing. I, I mean, this is stuff that back when these films were released uh, between 85 and I want to say 92, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but in that time frame, this was really science fiction it, it was extreme science fiction none of this stuff had been invented so the fact that we've got some of this stuff is is pretty cool i mean obviously there was video conferencing that can be dated back to the 60s and and stuff like that there, there was the technology that was being planned but the actual real world usage where the average consumer could actually get in there and and video conference that that was pure science fiction yeah it really was you didn't I, the average consumer is the key bit there. I mean, and now look at us. Here we're sitting here, unfortunately, because Mark has been sent to a corner of the house by his family. Um, mm-hmm. We're not seeing video from Mark today, but, I mean, Mike and I are, are sitting here, you know, re- re- relaxed and reclining, so to speak, um, and talking over video, over Skype. I mean, and it's costing us bupkis, really. We're just using some bandwidth. So, I mean, it's, it is pretty amazing in that fact that we can do that. And, you know, another thing from the Back to the Future, the uh, you, when you were talking about it, the fact that they still thought fax machines would be relevant in 2015. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that shows the time when the movie was made versus... Exactly. 
What, one, one other thing that I just thought of that we do have is the fingerprint recognition on, on the phones. Um, I don't know if you recall, but back in the original uh, movie, it was the, 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 uh, the clock foundation. So you had to put the coin in the jar. Then in 1985, it was uh, some, I, I can't remember. You had to sign something, credit card or something. But then in, in, in the future, in 2015, he just had to put his thumbprint down. And thumbprint was on the door and, and everything like that. And, I mean, we've got that in our iPhones now. And, and uh, Kevin, of course, in his iPad Air 2, which uh, we'll talk about <laughs> a bit later in the show. But we, we have that technology and it's like, wow, you know, who would have thought? I mean, this is stuff that I watched and went, wow, that would be absolutely amazing. I wonder if that's ever possible. <laughs> and, and they made it. The crazy mm-hmm. bastards made it. Well, and, you know, and uh, it's time for me to get my shameless plug in for Sci-Fi Tech Talk. We did, um, uh, I think, the Back to the Future trilogy. I think we just kind of meandered around through them all, and we talked about that one. And I, I kind of like the first one. I just kind of like the concept of going back in time and influencing the future, like um, uh, giving Chuck Berry the idea to uh, to record. Um, um, oh, shoot, I can't remember the name of the song. Um uh, 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 rock around, not rock around. Oh, no, crap! That's terrible. Oh, I, and I should know because I've got a copy of it. Um, yeah. Uh, um, Chuck, this is Johnny. This is Johnny, be good. Johnny, be good. Johnny, yes. be good. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My my mind finally kicked it. You know, the, the idea of inspiring that or uh, inspiring the creation of. Uh, of uh, skateboards, and then you know, and this year we're supposed to be getting hoverboards, and there is a company out there that is working. It the, he's there is it a Kickstarter, I believe, or something to that effect. They're working on a hoverboard. The only problem is though, you have to have it on a special surface. You can't just go like hovering down the uh, the road with it yet. But you know, they're getting close on some of that stuff. Uh, it's just not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah it, it's very cool, and I, I think movies and, and science fiction novels and so forth often depict where we head um, in in sort of this technological movement. We we sort of move forward based on what we've seen in, in films, and I'm not, you know, look, I'm saying what we've seen. I don't create any of this. I, you know, I've got you know half a brain, and, and that's a, when it's working <laughs> at full capacity. So I I can't create this stuff, but. But people get inspired when they see this stuff. I mean, we've seen, you know, with different things with Star Trek, you'll watch the older episodes all the way back to the original series, even Next Generation, Voyager, and Deep Space Nine, and, and you'll say, oh, geez, yeah, well, we kind of have that now. We may not have the holodeck, and we may not uh, be able to transport ourselves around, but you know what? We, we've got devices where we can just tap a button and and message between, and, and you know, there, there's just... And we've got touchscreen computers and, and the tablet and, and so forth. So it's really cool. And that, I think that's what I really love about sci-fi, even modern sci-fi films and, and books, is that it gives you something to think about and also something to hope for because the future is always, well, generally it's better than what we've got. I, I say generally because sometimes the future is not better. Uh, but... Technologically uh, wise, or, or te- on a technological basis, it's an improvement and it moves forward, and it's just cool. Well, the biggest oh. biggest thing right here, and I'll oh, sorry, Mike, I'll let you. No, okay. But think about it right now. The three of us wouldn't know each other. No, 
Absolutely. We wouldn't be friends. Absolutely. Yes, that, I, and I that, know, Kevin, that, may, that may be better for you and Mike. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just putting the idea out there. <laughs> no, I, I would be sad because I, I would too. have geek. I would have geeks. I wouldn't be able to geek out with. This oh, is what I look rem- forward to. Everyone. Remember the time. Re- remember back when we didn't have communication tools like this, and you'd talk about anything geeky with the family, and the, the eyes would glaze over. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, and, like, you know, oh, really? On this again? Oh. Well, you know, like I say, can't, and can't my, we go shopping for shoes? No, but I want to look at computers. That oh yeah, <laughs> oh. but you've already got one. But but that's a four eight six. So you know, I want a Pentium one. Yeah, but geez, that's going back in time. Yes. Oh, I know. And like I say, I always talk about being the token geek in this town here. So that uh, yeah, there's. Um, uh, yeah, same thing. I talk with people about the stuff here, and they either you know nod knowingly and you know just humor them, and you know because you know he cleans the the toilets for us or whatever. So you know they, they're polite, but you know uh, yeah, it, it is kind of frustrating. So like I say, yeah, we wouldn't be able to do this and everything, and um, but then I'm looking down at the list of things uh, in the movie that they had predicted that they got sort of right, but I don't know if I want that future. And one of them was Google Glass. Yeah, you don't yeah, want to that be was a, interesting, wasn't it? You don't want to become a glass hole. No. Yeah, I, I don't think I do either. I, look, I, I think well, there's even a limitation. If we look at iPhone, the upcoming uh, iWatch, I mean, the idea is sound. We were saying years ago, how cool would it be to have a, a, a sort of more powerful Apple Watch or iPhone Watch or something like that? But I, I think once you start having these wearable technologies... I don't know, just it, it becomes even more invasive to your general life and general style of living than, uh, well, you know, the iPhone is and the iPad is today. I mean, so quickly we go and grab these devices anyway. Do we really need something else that's at eye level or wrist level that takes, that removes the barrier even further? Well, then it almost feels like we're becoming Borg or something like that, where uh, we start implanting stuff. And I mean, I would like to have the idea when they first announced Google Glass. I thought it was going to be interesting, uh, but you know, now it just looks kind of weird. But I do like the idea of being able to access information if you can do it without people realizing that you're doing it. Because I've always said one of my things is I recognize faces, but I can't remember names worth crap. And so if I could just have that little thing that would feed information, this is so-and-so, and, and, you know, give me, you know, information. So I go, oh, yeah. So I don't, you know, uh, it would help in awkward social situations if I could uh, get that information so I wouldn't have to stumble around and look like an idiot when I'm talking to people. I, yeah, yeah, that I, would work I, for me. I still look like a <laughs> It's actually surprising that near-field communications, that there hasn't been some sort of technology set up like that where once you get close to, to someone else, then the phone can, can give you a, a dossier, perhaps someone's Facebook or Twitter page or about.me page or something. So you can go, oh, you know, you're on a subway or something or, or you're just out in a public place and you go, Oh, I can, oh, you're a geek too. Hey, I can talk to you. Hello. <laughs> you know, that would be pretty cool. The well, secret handshake. Well, the secret it, handshake. And, and then it could even buzz you when, when, when you meet up with like-minded people. Guys, we need to build an app. I, I think that's what, it has, <laughs> what has to happen. We've got to build an app that uses this technology. 
Yeah, I'm still worried about you sending me little heartbeats on my wrist with the Apple Watch. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You were going to send me those heartbeats. <laughs> I was going to put a, uh, a a knife through the heart. Okay. Well, and then you guys started going down that way, and it reminded me. I've heard a discussion on, I think it was the uh, Mac Observer's Daily podcast. They were talking about there's uh, several apps out there now that uh, people install it in their phone, and it will alert you when there are people nearby who want to cuddle. Um, you know, it, it, oh, that reminds me of a funny story. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I call me old-fashioned, but I don't know if I – I mean, I – you know, cuddle with my wife, but I don't know if I would cuddle with somebody I didn't really know. That just seems weird. Okay, here, yeah. here's the story, and I, I got to tell it because this is about Gretel. Anyway, she went for a walk <laughs> one morning. This would be about a month or so ago, and uh, I got up early, went for a morning walk on a Sunday, and anyway, she went after me. And there's this really nice old guy that lives now in, in our area. And when I say old, he's he's mid eighties or so, and he goes for his morning walk around the same time as I do. And anyway, Gretel had never met him or anything like that. And uh, she was walking by and, and he just stopped her, as, you know, guys do. And they like to have a little bit of a chat. And I, I stop and have a chat uh, with him. He's a nice guy. Uh, how many times have I said he's a nice guy? Damn bastard. He's gone after my woman. Uh, <laughs> no, in, all, in all seriousness, um, he, he's just he's one of those lonely old guys, a widower and so forth. And he said that he was reading in the newspaper the other day that you live a happier lifestyle if you hug 13 times a day or something. He said this to Gretel and he, he said, would you mind if I give you a hug? So there's Gretel in the middle of the public road in, in, in Brower in, in, in Sydney hugging this old guy that she's never met before <laughs> in this uncomfortable pose. And I, I didn't see it, but the way she came home and told me, I was in hysterics and, and we've told everyone we know. And it's just, it's so funny and everyone gets a, a cack out of it. It's like, really? You actually did that? You, you, so, you, yeah. You know what that makes me think of? Do you remember the episode of The Big Bang Theory where, yep. where Raj was hugging Penny and he had to rotate his hips because... <laughs> Oh yeah, that, that 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 raises another funny. St- no, I better not go. <laughs> yeah, we we don't need to go too far. I'm just bringing up, you know, Mike on Sci-Fi Tech Talk. Everything goes back to Star Trek. Right here, here everything goes back to the Big the Bang. Big, <laughs> well, I was thinking about the episode where Sheldon hugged Penny because he actually got Spock's DNA. Oh yeah, he said. Oh, and if I just had a healthy, what do you say, ovum or uterus or something like that? <laughs> just to be clear, it's just the napkin. <laughs> we actually went uh, since Christmas just went by. We went on a marathon of watching um, uh, different sitcom Christmas specials. That was something we sat down one night, all of us, and just we watched a whole bunch of The Big Bang Theory because my kids have gotten seriously into The Big Bang. They they love to just put in the DVDs because I have we're on season eight now so I have all seven seasons on DVD and we just put it in and let it play and we will just sit here and watch you know Big Bang over you know the course of an evening when there's not, and we talk and chat do other things too we might play a game but Big Bang has become the screensaver for our lives I guess for lack mm-hmm. of a better way. The, the, the good thing about it is once you've seen the episode once or twice. You can easily have it on as background. It's almost like listening to music because you kind of then you stop doing something, then you look up and you have your laugh when you know the punchline's about to come. I think that's what's really good about situation comedy where it's that short form factor. 
uh, the 21 minutes or so, and then it just allows you to, to dip in and dip out as you please. And as you said, it, it's in, in place of a screensaver almost. It, it's just there and you can have a laugh and people can come and go as they please. Yeah, we even actually dug out uh, some old shows. Uh, and this will kind of lead into another topic eventually, possibly. Uh, we watched old episodes of the show Hazel, Dennis the Menace, mm. um, I'm trying to think, Father Knows Best, uh, Chips. Um, God, I can't remember some of the but other What about Mr. Bean's Christmas? Oh, that's a staple. I have that on the TV constantly ready to queue up and go on the USB drive. I Absolutely. love Mr. Bean's Christmas. What's funny though on that one, the one that I got that I that I made a backup copy from off the DVD is different than the episode that I have that's on videotape. I need to get that one and make a copy because it leaves out the whole section where he gets the turkey and how he gets it. Oh, really? I mean, I knew it. That's strange. Yeah, you know where he does I, the I guessing. Went, I, they don't normally redo them though for like the U.S. market. Stuff from the BBC, so and and that's not even the rude part. So it's like, you know, yeah. they're, they're spreading of the turkey's legs and and putting your head in there yeah, and so that's... forth. That, you know, that's the rude part. But going and getting the turkey, that's strange. I mean, that part, admittedly, it's a little bit slow, <laughs> but it's still but interesting. It's still interesting how he sort of does it and figures it out and types it up on the calculator, that's cool. Well, that's always the the thing around here. If somebody gets socks for Christmas, everybody quotes Mr. Bean and goes, Christmas socks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it. Have, have you seen Mr. Bean's Christmas, Mike? No, I haven't. And you say that, and my wife's pen pal in England, uh, and they they met you know pre technology. They actually started out as pen pals. Um, she sends me socks every year for Christmas. I think I've gotten Simpson socks, and and it's one of those things. I don't think she listens, so I think I'm okay here. Um, it's one of those things that you know it's it, it's the thought that counts. But I probably have a drawer full of those socks somewhere that just. <laughs> Yeah, they're not the real most comfortable, but it's it's the thought that counts. That's what I keep telling myself all the time. I'm the only one. Yes. Well, no, myself and my son are the only ones in the family that won't wear socks much. I mean, even this time of year, I'll go out to slip my shoes on if I walk outside and don't bother to put socks on. Um, I have to. I have to have socks on, but I've got poor circulation, so that you know, it, even in summer, my feet get cold. So yeah, well, I I walk around so much, I have to have something on my feet. So. Just uh, uh, for cushioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably would help me if I did that. I just, I, I just can't. I like to be able to wiggle my toes and I socks. You just can seem, wiggle your toes in socks. Socks just seem so confining. You know, I, you know, they, they seem so constraining. They hold me back in ways I don't want to be held back. Kevin just Sounds wants like to be free. pantyhose. No, I don't want to wear pantyhose because they swell up when you <laughs> fart. Your ankles swell up when you fart. <laughs> <laughs> It all runs downhill. That was that's an old <laughs> that's an old joke. <laughs> um, but talking about old shows and 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 back to the future stuff, um, I one thing I wanted to bring up before we move on to is I had I had a question for you guys. The big hype, like right before Christmas and and even since then, every I've seen tons of tweets about the new Star Wars movie coming out. I guess it's later this year, around Christmas of 2015. Mm-hmm. If I remember I the release. So. If I remember the release date correctly, and I'm going to hold my opinion. I'm going to start with Mike 
see if he has an opinion on does he is he happy about it neutral about it really doesn't well well i you know i watched i uh the star the original star wars movies and i liked them it's not i wasn't crazy about them like you know uh i i guess i'm and I know there's not really that divide that people want to make between Star Wars and Star Trek, but I'm a little more Star Trek, and but I did like Star Wars, the originals. The Then they released the next three, which was actually the first three, and kind of, well, F that up, I think, to a degree. Uh, I'm not, I don't know that I hate them as bad as some people do, but... Uh, I don't think they did it, so I'm a little concerned if they can, you know, get their mojo back for these next three or the next, however many more they put up. If they do it right, it it would be good. Um, and see, who is it? Disney that owns the Star yeah. Wars now, yeah, and Disney, Disney and Disney owns Marvel. Not that that's necessarily. I don't know if there's cross pollination going on. Marvel has done well with their movies. If some of that could get transferred through Disney over to the Star Wars franchise, if you know they could co-mingle people or do something uh, and do it, that might work. Uh, because, like I say, Marvel's done well, and if they could bring some of that to Star Wars, that would be great. But I'm just uh, cautious to see what they do and how they do it. I mean, it's Disney. Disney can crank out hits, but I don't. We could maybe have a debate upon the quality, perhaps not quality, but the um, the story itself. They can crank out something that people will watch, but is it necessarily a compelling story or, or you know thought provoking? It might be a little more cookie cutter, perhaps uh, success you know oriented. Um, so I'm just I just want to see what they do with it. We'll see what the first one does. If they can kind of looks like they got it going um, in the right direction. Uh, we'll see. Like I said, I'm just cautiously neutral right now. <laughs> cautiously neutral. I like. We'll call you Sweden. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hater. Uh, so we'll 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 put uh, Mike in the Sweden of of uh, of the Star Wars camp. What about you, Mister Green Tree? Hmm. Let's see. Crappiest trailer ever that they showed. In early December, I couldn't stand it. I really, I just looked at it and I went, this isn't showing anything. This is like stock footage that they didn't use in the previous movie. <laughs> um, I just thought, really? Okay, all this buzz and you release that. No show of characters or no sort of story arc there. I just, I don't know. I, I know that it was a teaser, but it didn't really tease. And then everyone's going in and, and sort of, oh, look, you know, the Millennium Falcon has this gun turret on it. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Get over it. It's like, <laughs> I want the story. Tell me tell me something about what the story is going to be about. Tell me where it's going to be placed in, in the entire um, Star Trek universe um, and how is it going to tie in, if at all, with the, the original films. Um, you know what, guys, before I was into Star Trek heavily, I, I used to be a Star Wars fan. And, and uh, you know, Mike said there's not really much of a divide, but there, there was for me years ago. It was always Star Wars, Star Wars, and I, I really didn't look at Star Trek very much. Well, that changed in the mid-90s when Lucas came out and he re-released the original uh, three films. And remember, he digitally added new scenes into them. And I went to the theatres and I saw those, and it was just, it was bad then, it's bad now, and that sucked. It was just profiteering all the way through, and, and this is the problem I've always had with, with uh, 
Star Wars is the the first three films were, were brilliant, but then they profiteered. They they did those remakes, and then they went and did the the prequel trilogy, which the first one was really just boring as hell. It's like really okay, little kid. Yep, okay, that's good. And then the second one, I'm pretty sure the second one introduced Jar Jar. Uh, and then the third one kind of was okay, but it was nothing more than your regular sci-fi action film. And so, look, I'm glad that Lucas isn't really having a, a, a role in this new film. I think he's there just as an advisor uh, kind of thing. But I think the biggest problem I've got is I've got J.J. Abrams uh, doing this, and he's, of course, done the last two Star Trek movies. And I don't know as I want Star Trek and Star Wars to be done by the same guy. I think I, I think they're they're two separate visions, two separate universes, and yes. and I want them to be separate. And no matter how smart J.J. Abrams is and, and how creative he is, I, there, there's going to be crossover. And even if there's not intentional crossover. People are going to compare them in that crossover sense and say, well, it was his, his films, his vision. Oh, look, you know, lens flare. There we go. Okay. So it links into star Trek. And honestly, I didn't notice lens flare in the star Trek movies until everyone started crapping on about it. So it's like, really? Unfortunately, sometimes I think people can uh, pick apart a movie a little bit too much. For me, the new star Wars has to be a great story Great special effects, great action, harp back to the original films, but not be a continuation of the original films, but its own independent story. And whatever happens, I don't want it anywhere near the Star Trek universe. I don't want to cross pollinization. Uh, Mark, you really wished you were on video right now because uh, Kevin and I are doing lens flares with. I got out my uh, <laughs> really <laughs> with my uh, cell phone here and was doing it across the screen, and Kevin got a flashlight out because yeah, you brought up J.J. Abrams and we started doing the lens flare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, Mike was doing this to, to signify the lens flare. I, oh crap! Here we go. <laughs> he was yep. doing, so it was, I was flexing my hands, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we're 15. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You know, um, what I will say with the, the Star Wars universe, I have been very impressed with the animated um, Clone Wars um, that they've been doing over the last few years. Um, I feel that that's a good direction to take it in. Um, I, 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 I just see animation as perhaps being better for the, the Star Wars um universe at this point in time it, it just it's really compelling i can watch it with my son he loves it the stories are really good they're not they're not kid based like if you look at the the star trek uh one when they did the animated um couple of years or year without the the single animated season look i, I love it but there's elements of it that's like oh, okay you've dumped it down a little bit too much uh, whereas with Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars, and that they they didn't dumb it down. They they sort of made it for a more mature audience that likes animation. I think that has worked well in in its favour. But um, I don't know. I'm nope. just I, I don't think. Look, I, I'll say this much: JoJo Abrams can't screw it up any more than George Lucas already did. 
<laughs> Possibly. Well, and like I say, there's two things I wanted to throw out, I guess. Uh, like I say, I brought up Marvel, and you know what? Marvel is done. They got the Avengers, but then they got the side stories of the uh, the different members of the Avengers. You know, if Star Wars was to do that, where you'd have your main movie, but then, because I think I'd heard him say something about a, um, um, oh, what's the bounty hunter? Um, uh, he could have a story. Uh, you know, maybe there'd be some sub stories if they did it properly uh, and they develop these characters and then, like, say, bring them together for the big movie or they have the big movie and then they explore these characters a little bit more, mm -hmm. their backstory or something. If they do it right, they create a universe and pull it together. That might possibly work. Um, and then you, you mentioned the trailer uh, and it was just pure coincidence that the weekend that it came out. The uh, stormtrooper that pops up on screen there, that uh, Johnny uh, Boyega, Boyega. Mm -hmm. uh, we just happened to do the movie that uh, he did, um, Attack the Block, which was about aliens uh, coming to Earth. And so we just happened to do that that weekend, the same same weekend that that movie trailer came out on, on uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk. And it was just one of those weird coincidences so that we were talking about that and we were getting – you know, the, the potential to get a Star Wars movie is exciting, but like I say, reality kicks in at some point, and, you know, what are we going to get? They say Disney, if Disney will tap into Marvel and, you know, and bring some of that uh, stuff. Not that you want to necessarily copy what Marvel does. That would be bad. But if you can draw some inspiration from things there and bring it in, it, it might work. Well, I'm, we'll see. Yeah, I... Yeah, I I think like even cameo appearances um, from legacy characters would be cool to then develop the storyline. Uh, but having the legacy characters would be like the new Indiana Jones movies. It's like, really? You're ready for the nursing home and you're still doing this? Well, <laughs> I love know, Harrison Ford's movies, but at, at the same time, some of them just are a little too far-fetched for my well. life. True, but you know uh, the Star Trek did that. They brought in some of the original uh, oh, episodes. That was awful. Remember Generations, the, the Star Trek Generations. Well, I was oh thinking God, about was uh, some of the movies uh, uh, or the television shows where, like um, Montgomery Scott would show up once in a while. I found them mm -hmm. kind of amusing. Or Spock. Um, you, you know, as long as Shatner doesn't turn up. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm happy with whoever from the original series turns up, honestly, because and, and they were talking, there was a rumor or something about Shatner coming in the, the next, the third uh, new Star Trek movie. And I'm like, oh, no, please. Look, you did it perfectly with Spock in the last movie. Please do not fuck up my Star Trek. It's like, yeah, look, I, I wouldn't he, want he to see that. He was perfect in the first season, uh, first series, uh, the original series. He was perfect in the animated. And even a couple of the films up until Generations, he was good in. But beyond that, he, he just becomes this comic character that I just go, no, your time's done. Please don't come in and step and away from the camera. Step away, step away from the and, camera. And, and go into retirement. You've got enough money. We, we appreciate what you've done for Star Trek. Honestly, I, I do. I, it, he, he was brilliant. But later in life, not so good. And just. The, the style of acting that he he brought uh, later on in life just I, I didn't think was perhaps as genuine as it once was. It was almost sarcastic in a way. And I don't know, perhaps that's the way the, the character was written into the script, uh, but it just didn't seem genuine enough to me. And it just it spoilt 
the the, the film uh, Star Trek Generations really it, it spoke his his character spoke that uh, for me. Um, yeah, I think anyway. if he just if he just goes and does Priceline commercials with Katie, uh, <laughs> um, Katie uh, Coco. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, that's fine. That's enough. That's about as much, you know, of uh, Shatner. I think is thirty seconds at a time is probably enough for most people. So that would be fine. Well, yeah, I, did, I, I, I did like him in Boston Legal. I thought that was. Uh, him I and, also liked him in in T.J. Hooker, as, as I've explained uh, on the show before. You know, he, he's a good actor. I'm not denying that, but and he's just done some stuff. And what what film was he in? It was some fashion show thing where he was. Doing something that's just—I I saw it and it's like, oh my god! Oh, really? Miss Congeniality too. Oh, and it was or, or, uh, uh, the the congenial, yeah, the Congeniality two starring Sandra Bullock. He yeah, was, and and he he was like the show presenter or something, and I'm just I'm watching it and I'm like, my god, this is a good movie until you showed up. It's like he's the Burt Parks, uh, the the host of the 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 show. <laughs> The fashion show or the Miss Universe or Miss World, whatever the hell pageant it is. So, yeah, Shatner, please, just step away from the camera, dude. You, you, you've served your time. You want to have Leonard Nimoy, George Takei, you know, any of the rest of them step in there, I'm good with that. Shatner, you have become a cartoon character. Step away. Yes, yes. Yeah, but, you, need, you need Spock. I mean, Spock, old Spock can, can still been the third movie quite easily because the story arc has been written for that and that's awesome. Who doesn't love Spock? I mean, it's, yeah, you know, I mean what a character. I mean, Leonard Nimoy is uh, is a, a great actor in and of himself. I've seen him do some other things and he's, he's a good actor. I like him. Not much yeah. of a singer, but he's a good actor. Bobo <laughs> <laughs> oh. Biggins. Baggins. Yeah. yeah. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. You, 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 know what, you know what's really funny? As you guys know, I, I collect vinyl records and, and so forth. And, and we're seeing with the, the big vinyl resurgence uh, now that just continues to increase. It's absolutely incredible. But we're, we're seeing all these old records uh, get repressed. And uh, Shatner's old record came out at, oh, at my God. local uh, record store. And I was looking at it going, do I want to get this just to say that I've got this and, and just to take photos of it and uh, put it on social for media? For the and I love of... No. I, God, For the no. love of God, please stop. Stop. I mean, <laughs> it, it was just like, really? No. I no. mean, do you really want to listen to somebody who talks like this? <laughs> and sings sort of like that, too. That, yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah. no, I, 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 just, I just couldn't bring myself. To, I, I ended up tweeting about it or something. <laughs> um, but I, I just couldn't bring myself to, uh, to buy it. You know what? I'm a Trekkie. But I'm not that much of a Trekkie. Divine intervention saved you at that point in your life, all I'll say. <laughs> so. Well, let's put it this way. If I went and bought that, Gretel would probably say, right, here's the divorce papers. <laughs> you, you've lost all taste and all sensibility. Hell, I'd have helped her pay for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, it's $800 out here, so there you go. <laughs> That's $2 in U.S. money, so we'll just figure Okay. <laughs> we can figure that one out. Um, so... I'll come. I'll weigh in. Star Wars versus Star Trek. I am way, way more a Star Trek fan. Always have been than Star Wars. Mm. I mean, probably ninety-five percent Star Trek to five percent Star Wars. Now, do I dislike Star Wars? No. Uh, but the only movies that I liked really out of the all six that have been released so far are the original Star Wars movie, uh, 
And what's the one in the second series where you find out how Darth Vader uh, became, came from uh, Anakin? Uh, which one is that one? Uh, was that, Mark, was that Attack of the Clones? Or? Uh, I, I'm trying to look I, it up I, here because I, I don't remember the names. Um, I, see, I can't no, remember the names of the movies. That. I was well, see, by the time the third movie had come, he was already very influenced by the dark side and perhaps he had already shifted. You know, to, to be quite honest, I disliked them so much, Kevin, that I haven't seen them in a number of years. I, I probably should uh, sit down and watch them again, but unfortunately they're not available uh, via any online rental system, so I'd have to go and get the, the Blu-rays, and I, I just, I'm not interested. It's like, eh. I actually, I actually still have the original series on video cassette. I got it at Costco Price Club, whatever you want to call it, years ago. They had it on special. And I watched the first one, and I, I know people are going to bag on me for this. I cannot stay awake through the second and third one continuously. <laughs> they put me to sleep. Can, can I be quite honest, and, and, and this will shame me like nothing else, Star Trek has the capability, if I watch it at a certain time of, at night, if I'm you know, not tired, but I'll get 20 minutes in and then I'll start to just drift off. I, 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 I look at that fondly, though, and I, I say, well, you know, this is actually um, not too bad because I'm enjoying it. It's really, really a good experience, and the, I'm comfortable with the story. So yeah. I, I kind of I kind of say to myself, well, I can fall asleep because I'm enjoying it. I don't want to turn it off though. I'll sort of open the eyes and oh, well, I missed ten minutes, and then I feel bad, and I want to go and and watch the ten minutes back again. Yeah, so, I um, no, I understand that feeling. The Star Trek, I somehow get sucked into those, and I cannot. Just like the Iron Man movies, I will get so sucked into those that, and I've watched them. I don't know how many times now. I cannot go to sleep because I, I, you know, I've seen these movies. And I'm going, you know, what's going to happen. You can quote some of the dialogue in, in these movies, mm-hmm. uh, yep. but, but I still, I can't do that. Star Wars, even the first one now after, and I haven't seen it in a while. I probably could stay awake through the first one, but the second and third ones are the original three. I cannot stay awake through. I, I've seen them. It's been a while since I've seen them, but it's like, uh, 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 <laughs> I just lose interest and and, and go to sleep, or or I switch to a second screen, doing the second screen experience. You know, I I pull out my iPad or my iPhone, or or you, you know, know, stick a screwdriver in my brain or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm I'm just wondering, and I'm wondering what you guys think. Sometimes when we watch a film. Like, say, for instance, the James Bond series. I absolutely adore James Bond, but I don't watch it for the story arc. I, I watch it for the action and seeing Bond get the girl and seeing Bond get out of danger. Um, ask me what the uh, the story was about, and I, I couldn't honestly tell you. It's like, oh, I don't know. It was an action flick. And I kind of almost put Star Wars in there. I don't really care too much about the trade routes and and um, the the turmoil that's going on there, just because the the story hasn't driven me to that. Whereas with Star Trek, I tend to get interested in the story, interested in the backstory of all these different cultures and and so forth that they they come across. And I, I wonder if that's the defining factor between 
what maybe why some people don't like Star Trek and, and then do like it a bit more than Star Wars and so forth is it that um, very much like Stargate did as well where they'd introduced different alien species or, or cultures and that kept the interest going that kept things lively and, and it was good writing anyway I, I just yeah I, look I don't want to say that Star Wars isn't well written because it is and George Lucas, all, all my bagging aside, he is a brilliant visionary. He had a great idea and a great story, but the story does get lost on me. I just want to see Luke defeat Vader, and and, and that's it. Yeah, I I, I think, because I, whenever I watch Star Trek, any now that I've seen, and I loved Enterprise, even though a lot of people didn't like so did that, I. that so series. Did I. Although the, the last two seasons got a bit wishy-washy. They, yeah, I won't disagree. They did get a little bit, but I still love it. But I sit there whenever I watch Enterprise, I watch the original series, I watch TNG. I will not watch Deep Space Nine. I don't know why I do not like that series. I, I watch it, but I, it's it's like last choice for Star Trek on me. But anytime, Fine, I, but it's still watchable. Yeah, but anytime I watch any of them, and then I watch the movies or anything like that, especially the the more modern movies. I do. I sit there and try to piece together how the the universe connects together. How, you know, the the new story arc is con- is connected back to the old series, and and how that ties into Enterprise, and how Enterprise mm-hmm. tied. You know, I sit there and I put all those pieces together. And my family, I start explaining it to my family. And they go, really? Why? We don't give a damn. Just <laughs> watch the movie. <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there. But no, wait, you have to understand. Spock only did this because and it, we don't care. We don't care. But no, Sulu wouldn't. You know, and it's all this stuff. It's like, huh? And they're 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 just going back and forth. Like I tried to. Um, what's the one where uh, Scotty gives the the formula for transparent aluminum? That's the voyage home. Uh, yes. He he gives that, and then I then they're talking about in what is it the second movie where he talks about they stole his uh, theory for uh, uh, equation for uh, what you call it. Hyper, uh, I can't think of what he called it in, in the movie. You know, and the guy that's playing Scotty now, and I think, see, see, look, he's a brilliant engineer. The guy is brilliant. He knows all this stuff because he calculated all this stuff out and he did it, and they're going, we don't care, Dad. Watch the movie. <laughs> you know, and I'm just going, yeah, but, but, but see, we, we've got a long legacy, maybe, and, and this is maybe what we should all do to our kids is, is marathon Star Trek. Get them caught up because you've got to go all the way back. To re- okay, you don't have to go all the way back to enjoy the new stuff that's coming out, but it helps, and and that certainly helped with Enterprise when when that was released because you knew that that predated the original series, and you could see the similarities. You could see, okay, well that went forth, and oh, but this is slightly different. They they changed that aspect and and stuff like that. So. You, you really, I, I love watching Star Trek. I, I sort of look at Star Trek as a never-ending, there's so much to watch. I never stop watching it. I just keep revolving around the the um, the story arcs. And what I tend to do is I go in chronological order. So I'll, I'll, I've actually got it all synchronized so that I, <laughs> I watch everything when they should be watched so that I get the entire story arc package. And I love doing it that way. It's for me, it's more fulfilling and satisfying than watching an episode on its own. I, I just can't. Whereas um, Star Wars, I could probably pick up and watch an episode on its own. I think. Yeah, I it, it's yeah. always the same. It, it's uh, they're fighting over trade routes. 
Well, and uh, one thing I wanted to throw out that uh, a good uh, companion to go with the Star Trek episodes, uh, I like listening to it, is the Mission Log podcast um, with uh, Ken Ray and, oh, I can't think of the other guy's name right now. I was trying to look it up. But they go by uh, through episode by episode, and they do a you know a podcast on each show in chronological order. And I've been listening isn't, to that. Isn't Rod Roddenberry doing that? Show yeah, it's, he he owns it. He owns the podcast, yeah, yeah. but I don't think yeah. I don't think Rod does much on the podcast, does he? He guests. I, once I haven't in a while. listened yeah. very often. I've listened a few times, but not very often. Uh, he, he guests uh, uh, on there from time to time. He'll pop in, but it's uh, uh, Ken Ray and I. It bugs me. I'm trying to look. I'm on the site here, and uh, <laughs> they aren't showing the names. Um, um, oh. I apologize if they actually happen. Uh, Ken, this. you got to fix this. <laughs> um, yes, Ken Ray, please fix your site so that we know who the other guy is. Yeah, because I like them both. They both bring insights and you know things, and they will pick apart each episode and you know look at the meanings, morals, and everything else. And uh, and it makes you think about some of these. I always like the, uh, the Star Trek stuff because it did make you think. They did bring you know, you know moral uh, uh, and ethical questions uh, mm-hmm. to think about. And, and like we always like to say on uh, Tech Talk is that – Science fiction gives you that way to look at uncomfortable uh, social problems in a way that you take the uncomfortableness out of it by making it something different, even though you're exploring Mm -hmm. the same basic idea. And it gives you a way to kind of uh, explore these things without setting off people's, uh, you know, hitting hot button topics uh, and just be able to go through and, uh, um, you know, explore these things. And like I say, and Star Trek was full of that. And, um, and like I said, I just I like this episode, this podcast, because uh, even though I don't watch each one, I still remember most of them. Because except for I think Enterprise, uh, I've watched a few of those episodes, but I've watched I think probably all the rest of the other ones. And so I just kind of go by memory. Uh, and once they start talking, it comes back to me. But um, I just like um, the insight that they bring to this and the humor and a lot of that stuff. So I, you know, if you're into Star Trek, I would certainly go listen to that podcast. And uh, Michael Champion, I knew that his name would come to me eventually. Mm-hmm. Henry and Michael Champion, um, and uh, like the, they do a good job, and, uh, and and it's it's fun and quirky, and just a good way. If you're really into Star Trek, go listen to that one and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, I need to go back, pick, pick up and, and listen to it because I've it's been a hit or miss when I've listened to it. Not the show; the show's good, but I you know it's not something that works in. Yeah, because I yeah. I'm trying to. I'm changing up my podcast listening again. I'm a huge podcast listener. We've talked about that at nauseum. Um, I'm trying to introduce sci-fi tech talk is a good example of one of them. Um, Merlin man, Andy and Notka stuff. That's not directly Mac related because I'm getting too much Mac news. It's There's- pretty boring, isn't it? And look, I do a Mac related show and it does get you down. It's like the, the same talking heads talking about the same stuff repeatedly well, I mean, and there's not enough it's a small innovation pool. at the moment it, it, was, it is a small pool it's a small pool to fish from so that's that's part of the problem and I, you know everybody all the mac podcasts i listen to i absolutely love all the shows but i i'm trying to mix in some other stuff to get you know uh, a, a different bent on things and, and again mike you know i i dearly love <laughs> sci-fi tech talk oh I dearly love that show, and uh, I love and I and I don't listen to them in the order in which you all release them. 
And well, it's kind of irrelevant. You know what I do? I, I, I pick and choose, and it's like, oh, that's an interesting topic. And, yeah, and we that's don't... the way I kind of do it. Instead of subscribing, I, I wait for the, the tweet feed to come out and go, ooh, hmm. okay. And we don't, yeah, there's not necessarily a thread that runs through them, although we call back to different episodes once in a while. But yeah, you don't have to listen to them in chronological order. Right. If there's some there that you know uh, catch your fancy, by all means, go listen to it. And and if you have any, you know, I'll get done shamelessly plugging here. But if you have any thoughts, <laughs> you know, let us know. And because uh, we get excited by feedback, we've had some. And um, I, we hey, Mike, I'll give heart. you some. I'll give I'll give you some feedback right now. Sure. Uh, you guys cost me a lot of money because oh. <laughs> every time every time you do a show, it's like, oh, I don't have that. And it sounds good. I want it, and then I go and buy it. <laughs> oh, and if we were, the snow if we, that, that, That's a good thing. Don't worry. That's oh yeah, the, that's the influence, and in that right. you know, because there's been a lot of things that you guys have have talked about, and a lot of films and different books and that. And I've gone, wow, I've, I've either heard of that or I've never even seen it before. How did I even miss this? Um, you know, I, I think that I'm I'm fairly wide read and and watched when it comes to sci-fi and so forth but truth be told I'm I'm not I've uh, well I, I've and, missed out on a lot and frankly I would like to say that you know we have well when we do know a fair amount but you know some of these things we just pulled them out of our butt uh like the one we're going to do uh oh well yeah um yeah, that starship yeah. must have hurt. Oh yeah, it oh. it was it was tough. Well, yeah. like the one that we're going to do this Saturday or and this uh, Sunday. At work, um, would burn. Anyway. Yes, it would. Those knee cells. Um, but uh, we're going to do one that was on the Sci-Fi uh, uh, Channel called Ascension, which was a six-hour miniseries. It was just on last week, and I think it's still on the website if a person wants to go uh, stream it. But it was uh, the basic idea is is that. Um, this hundred-year, multi-generational mission that we are sending people out to, you know, settle a new colony, um, and or you know, settle away from Earth. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about it because you got to watch the movie. So, it sounds a bit like the One Hundred. Well, yeah. Um, okay, I don't, I don't know that one. Um, well, that, that's the one where they they basically screw up the Earth, but they've got a space station. And then, well, that, sort of like a hundred years later, then they send down a uh, hundred um, of the children who, you know, and, and to see whether or not life can be led again on on Earth. Well, no, see, I it's not that. It I've only seen the previews, so because uh, it's, it's a show that I, I do want to have a look at. Well, the, things aren't that dire. They just send them out in nineteen fifty-seven. At this is, I think, like set in current time. Uh, that's 50 years into the 100-year mission. Um, and so it would have started in 1957. And so these people went into space before the civil rights movement, before Kennedy was mm-hmm. shot. And so you know, uh, so you got this closed environment on the spaceship. Um, and so it's kind of interesting. That's something I think we're going to discuss is how would a society on a spaceship have – uh, grown versus uh, you know Ooh, society nice. on Earth, and Ooh. you know you said Snowpiercer, and that there's a few things there because you got the upper decks and the lower decks, and there's some class tension and stuff going on there. Uh, not as as bad as Snowpiercer was. That was pretty extreme. Um, I see, I haven't seen that yet. I want to see it after I heard you all talk about it. Well, like I say, I'm not giving away too much because just watch the movie and. 
you know, like I said, I'm not going to say it was necessarily. It, it's interesting. Um, I'm, you know, I would suggest people watch it. It's just there's a few things that I think I'm sure we're going to end up discussing uh, plot points and kind of things like that. But it, it it's I like I I will forgive a movie if it will stimulate my mind a little bit uh mm-hmm. and this one it you know it gets you to think a little bit how would you know like say a closed environment set off in the 50s how would it look today compared to what we have here on earth what would the music what the culture um sexual mores you know race relationships all this kind of stuff it you know makes you think and it you know it's a close i forget how many people are on the ship but um and you have to carefully manage resources and everything. So I, I think we'll have a lot to talk about there on that one. But well, I'll definitely have to check that one. I hadn't heard it. I mean, I, I take it back. I do remember but, reading the uh, or seeing the spots for it, but I haven't right. uh, watched it. And like I said, the, and I guess the reason I brought that up was the only reason we just des- uh, we decided to do that. Going back to why we're so lucky on this show. Um, I was looking up the IMDb, uh, IMDb page for uh, and my short-term memory. I can't remember what the last movie or the epi- show that we did was. Um, but I brought up the page for that to get ready for it. And it, this was in the background. I'm going, ooh, that looks kind of interesting. So neither, none of us had watched it. So we all went into this cold um, and, you know, with no opinions on this thing. And so I think it'll be interesting to hear what Jeff and Julie have to say about it. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear uh, I, the 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 different takes on it and the uh, and the background. Of it. But now I might have. To, I think, matter of fact, I think uh, Comcast has that on demand. So I might have to go because I can get sci-fi on demand. I might have to sit down and watch some of that. Okay, at least I'm not costing you money, but I'm costing you time. Yeah, time <laughs> is is such a fleeting thing, you know. As we well, travel, waxing poetic. <laughs> as we travel, as we travel back and forth to the future. Ah, we're coming back around to this again. Yes, we we've come back to the future past that we started with when we. Oh shit! I'm not going to try to do that. I'll just screw no. things up. <laughs> Time travel makes my head hurt. So it it, it it can make it can make your head really pound. Um. So so let's let's try a slightly different twist on it. Uh, as we're talking about different things, Mike had uh, did a little bit of traveling while we were on our break, and uh, he came across some interesting geeky stuff. Just a couple things. This should be, well, of course, I would say it would be quick for us, but then we may ramble on. God knows with us. Um, <laughs> but we went down to Sioux City um, uh, about a week and a half ago to see uh, my daughter down there, Emily version 1.0, as I call her, because Kevin has uh, <laughs> Emily. Emily version 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we went down there to see her. And I just A couple things that I thought would be uh, geeky for this show, we were Traveling down the road, my daughter was driving. I was trying not to be scared for my life in the back um, in Sioux City. Anyway, um, as we were driving along, I saw this building, and it said Pseudo on the side. And I was wondering if it was a uh, sandwich-making factory. <laughs> if, you, if you don't get the joke, take your geek points and send them to Mark so then Kevin can distribute them to me and the other geeks out there. Yeah, Pseudo. You said Pseudo, and immediately I'm thinking Pseudo Boom. app get – <laughs> oh, yeah, you're you're too much of a programmer. Um, so, like I say, we got to you know, Mark is the the, the suppository, the re- repository, whatever of uh, geek points. So, 
Okay, yeah. So we got to, if you don't get it, send your geek points to him and then we will distribute them later. Um, and then the other thing I saw down there that struck my uh, geeky funny bone was we uh, went, uh, stopped at the mall. And as we were walking through the parking lot, we saw a mini with the license plate that said T4RDS on it. Well, actually, T A R D I S. TARDIS. Oh, okay. I had to think about TARDIS. that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Mini Cooper with, you know, uh, the TARDIS license plate on. I thought that was amusing. Because Very cool. Goes, hopefully it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I love those Mini Coopers. Those, they're interesting cars. I have a couple people I work with. One of the guys I work with is really big into them. You go into his office and he has little miniature of Mini Cooper stuff and he's a member of some Mini Cooper club, or or I can't remember what all, but he Josh was into seriously into this. I mean, he's big time into it, so it's it's funny. But uh, I, I looked at a Mini Cooper; they're not terribly expensive, but I don't know. I can't bring myself to buy one for some reason. I don't know why. Well, you know, out here in the Midwest, um, you know, people do drive more. You know, and I think mostly they're in the city because I think out here where we're more rural. Uh, I, I'm just afraid something that small out there in a windstorm would get blown off the road. Oh, Maybe yeah. not, but just the thought of you know a little you know paper cup sized car going down the road makes me a little <laughs> bit nervous. Um, it can't be any worse than those smart cars. Have you seen? Oh that? yeah, they're tiny. They're kind of ludicrously yeah. small. Yeah, but. You know, to be honest, so I got thinking the other day, though, because I was listening to something they were talking about electric cars. Now, for the most part, electric cars in this part of the country with cold weather may not, and snow and everything, may not necessarily work. But I got thinking, you know, I only drive six blocks back and forth to work. kind of raises hell with the battery in my gas-powered car because you mm-hmm. start it up and it barely, or it may not completely get recharged just driving back and forth to work mm-hmm. like that. And I got thinking, you know, an electric car that you could just plug in, uh, if you would make it through the snow, that's the one thing I would be worried about. But, you know, that would be good for just these little short hops around uh, town here. Awful lot of money to spend to do something like that. But it, the idea kind of intrigued me a little bit. Well, there's mm. there, there's two things. One I'll say about the Mini Cooper, I, and I still have this recollection. Uh, I was going through uh, one of the ta- a town that, my, uh, that I used to work in, where the office building that I worked in used to be. And it, it's an old town, dates back to uh, late 1700s, early 1800s, uh, some of the old parts of the street. And some of the streets haven't been wide and quite wide enough yet, so they're still fairly narrow when you take turns in an intersection. And I was in my truck. I have a Chevy Silverado, a big four-wheel drive Chevy Silverado pickup. And I went to turn the corner, and they're kind of blind when you turn them. I mean, I was with the green light, and I was flowing with wet traffic. As I turned the corner, there was a guy who was really hugging the little line that you're supposed to stop at in this Mini Cooper, and it was an older one. And so as I turned the corner, all he could see was the front end of my truck, the big chrome front end, and that big <laughs> Chevrolet bow tie that's on the front of the truck. And he was like, ah, he had this panic look. I said, dude, I'm not going to hit you. I, <laughs> I can well, turn the corner without hitting you. <laughs> with a big old Chevy like that, you'd have to dig Mini Coopers out of your grill. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, yeah, I used, there was a lady I used to work with who used to joke, she, she'd always buy what her husband called little throwaway cars to commute in, and I told Donna, I said, Donna, you know, if you want me, I'll just put it in the back of the truck and you can ride home with me. And 
it was that was always the running joke with her. Whatever, I mean, whatever was cheap, and I understand that you know whatever was cheap was she could get. But you you made an interesting point about electric cars. I hear everybody saying, "Why would anybody buy a gasoline powered vehicle in today's world?" I'm going, no electric car that I know of has enough range for me to get to work and back. Right. I, I don't think any of them have a range that are affordable. Let me let me quote that. I no. think some of the Teslas do. But I don't think any of them have a range of much more than about 80 miles, give or take. And, and you know, assuming right. you're not sitting in traffic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I have Plus, my, my question is how much better are they for the environment anyway? Because it's still you're still going through, I know you guys fuel. in the States that use predominantly nuclear power uh, and so forth. Out here, we still burn coal. We do so too like, here. Well, yep. we're, still, we're still putting fossil fuels into the air. So it's like okay, maybe it helps. I don't know, but there's well, been no, there's been nothing for me to say. Hey, this will definitely reduce X amount by X amount. It just, I, well, what, I just don't see it, and and they're they're much more expensive too. So that's the other problem. Right. Well, what what it actually is is probably pollution redistribution. Because mm-hmm. I understand in, like, bigger cities, uh, smog and that kind of stuff because of, uh, you know, engines, it would, you know, take it from there and, yeah, probably transfer it because there's a lot of cold power plants up in North Dakota. Because um, I've taken our rural electric cooperative, took a, on us a, uh, on a bus tour up there. We saw the, the coal being mined and the plants being run and everything like that. So the pollution would come up here. To the you know the Great Plains where it wouldn't be as you know troublesome as mm-hmm. smog in the city would be. So I do kind of understand that you're not going to reduce pollution; you're going to redistribute it. Well, but you also then, I mean, I don't know what the offset is. How much additional fossil fuels you would burn to generate the electricity versus the pollutants that are generated from a gasoline engine? You know, anyway, yeah, yeah. There, there's there's probably some. I would imagine Plus you, you've got the battery technology too. Well, then that's a whole separate pollutant. What do you do with yeah. those batteries when they're spent? Definitely. So you kind of look at it, and it's like, okay, you're attempting to solve one problem by creating another problem. It it just doesn't work. Um, out here in Australia, we we kind of there's always the philosophy of of listen, more public transport will move people because a lot of people don't necessarily want to be bothered driving around every day. If they can hop on a, a bus or a train and have their commute to work and listen to music, watch a video, catch up on Facebook, something like that, that's what they'd prefer to do. Most people don't care about driving. I, I know Gretel, for instance, she doesn't want to drive to work, but where she works, she can't get public transport to it. So I, I think in many cases, in many places in the world public transport can be more beneficial than this whole idea of oh let's let's go to uh electric based vehicles yeah well you know even some of the public transport systems in this country i think los angeles and some other big cities are now using natural gas uh buses which are cleaner burning and less pollutants going into the air um yeah that was used the same the trains and stuff are doing um, are, are doing better on what they're burning. It, you know, if it's a diesel diesel electric, or the power that they're actually taking in, what they're using, they're trying to use more 
renewable energy sources for the power that like subways use. But mm-hmm. I have the problem: public transit from where I live to where I work doesn't exist. Even if I yeah. worked here in town, in the town I live in, there is some public transit, but it's you know it's okay for a town of uh, the city has. I live outside the city. It's about population of about twenty five. 20, 25,000 people, I can't remember, somewhere around there. Uh, you know, other than a few major places, I'd still probably have to walk three or four blocks, you know, to catch a bus and then three or four mm-hmm. blocks from a bus to most any place I'd probably work unless I happen to, you know, fall off the bus in front of the office building or something <laughs> like that. But, uh, yeah, public transit doesn't, you know, everybody says, do this, do that, why are you doing it? You know, it's a lifestyle I grew up with, and unfortunately, it's a lifestyle that I'm perpetuating to some extent, I guess. But I don't know. But how hey, to... you know it. You, you know the job. You know the career, and that's that's where you've got to go. Yeah. And um, I, I mean that that's where government and future planning uh, worldwide that that's where those guys need to pull their finger out and say, well, listen, we we've got to make this easier and better. I'm I'm sure in America it's as bad as it is out here. Where we have peak hour now, seven days a week, and and there's no dedicated peak hour time. Back when I was growing up, there used to be two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening, where it would be mass hysteria and you couldn't move on the roads. It would take you 20 minutes longer. But now because people start and stop work all the time, because Australia has a, a love fascination with the car and everyone has to have their own car and, and all this kind of stuff, it's bedlam. You go in, in, towards the city and you just sit and you wait and yep. sit in and idle in a car. You just burn in more fuel, yeah, and right. just more pollution and so forth. It, it's it's really something that only governments can can make a change because if you can't get to the place you need to go to, especially on a regular basis, you're never going to use public transport. Yeah. Well, and then we have rush hours. What you're talking about, the peak hour mm-hmm. here. Um, but it's, I noticed, you know, I've been making the commute I make now for 25 and a half years. I've been doing the commute that I do and rush hour used to only last, I don't know, an hour and a half to two hours. Uh, now it starts at about two forty-five in the evening and runs until about six forty-five for the, for the area that I commute. It's a solid, mm-hmm. steady uh, rush hour. That's in the evenings and the mornings. Uh, part of the reason I go to work so early in the mornings is to avoid some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but rush hour starts around 5 a.m. and runs till about 9.30 in the morning in this area. It's, it's ridiculous. But it is what you know, it is. We, we need those flying cars, but uh, well, I don't know. Biff screwed uh, up our, our timeline. Yeah. Biff and screwed I, us up. And I've seen people drive cars on the road. I don't know if I would let them fly a car. <laughs> I, I no, that, that, that was always far-fetched, but uh, it, it was always interesting. I, I loved though they, they kind of uh, fixed that problem where once they actually got to a certain height and then they got on like the air freeway kind of thing, it went on autopilot, and that was kind of cool. Well, see, this is where the smart uh, smart roads and smart cars would uh, would help us a lot. I'd be more than willing to jump in a car that knew how to get me to work and manage the traffic around me, and I could do other things. Um, 
I'd be more likely to do that than sit on public transit because I have an aversion to the experiences I've had on public transit. Um, I have to I have to override my desire to choke the living shit out of people. <laughs> because hey, Kevin, you, you know what you need? You need the total recall. Yes, uh, taxi exactly. cab. That, that's that that's where I was thing. headed. That's what you need. That's exactly the Johnny cab. The Johnny, Johnny cab. cab. Yes. Yes. So that's that's exactly what I I'd be happy with that. I would gladly subscribe to that. You know, get in the car, say work, sit there. I could twiddle on my phone. I could you know text Mike first thing in the morning and send him little lovey dovey <laughs> pictures and and th- oh that wasn't supposed to come out in public, was it? Oh yeah. That's <laughs> thank God you happened. get those pictures. I don't need them. Yeah. Well, okay. I send you the bedtime pics, Mark. Anyway, well, <laughs> well I'm, 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 yeah, um, but no, I mean that I, would be that would be I would be happy to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, where it keeps track of how far the car is in front of you, how far the car, you know, in traffic. You could, you know, just relax. Well, it would also help with flow. If you look at the way the subway and train networks work anywhere in the world, I, I mean, they're all timed and synchronized and and stuff like that. If they could just make that the the general. Well, um, way of doing things would be excellent. What I was thinking of was from a Minority Report, where they had the cars going, you know, up the side of the buildings, and you know, it was managed, uh, you know, traffic or whatever. And you just got in, and it it did mm-hmm. it for you. But yeah, something like that, because I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I because when a few years ago we went uh, on vacation to Minneapolis. And so we decided that we don't like driving in the city because it is nuts. So we decided to use public transportation. And for us, this was a learning experience. And you kind of, uh, if you do it often enough, you know what you're doing. But you do kind of have to plan it out. You have to figure out you got to take this one over, this train over to this bus. And, you know, you got to make your connections. You got to have a plan figured out. And you have to transfer a few times. And, you know, I guess once you start doing it, it wouldn't be bad. But for us out here, you know, stubborn Midwesterner, sense of independence, all this other kind of stuff. To us, car a car is freedom. Guns mm-hmm. and cars for us is freedom. Take that Amen, away, and you brother. got trouble. Amen. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, like I say, part of the freedom is is that hey, we did we'll go. We want to go here, so you jump in the car and you go. If you have to depend upon you know transit, you have to go. Well, okay, these, this bus stops at this time, and you know you have to get here, and um, you know you have to plan things out. It can't be you know as spontaneous as what you know you are used to, and you'd have to adjust the way you think on this stuff. And you know, if you're in a big enough city where they they run continuously, or at least most of the time, that's probably not too much of a problem. But um, it would just be you'd have to change that mindset and. I don't want to say you'd necessarily have to give up freedom, but you would have to think differently about things, certainly. Well, and we all love the ca- the company whose motto is, think different. Yes, we do. Oh, uh, that I don't think different anymore. Well, okay, it once upon a time. Now I have a, once uh, upon a time, they thought different. They changed the world. Now they, uh, they do some cool stuff, and we buy their stuff. But... Uh, they used to be cool, yeah. now they're rich. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're Microsoft. They're what Microsoft were in the late 90s and early 2000s. They're too big for their britches. Oh, God, I hope they don't go down that route too far. Uh, uh, they've already done it, Kevin. Well, yeah. You're but, depressing. I know. That's, that's, and it, that's so depressing that I think that's probably a, a good way to end the show on a completely down and depressing and god-awful note. <sighs> It drives me to drink. 
Yes, me too. Now, I'll have to. Yeah, we'll have. I'll have to mention to the listeners. Uh, we were pre-show discussing some of the things that we'd gotten for Christmas, and we'll talk a little bit more about those maybe on the next show. Uh, but Mike and I were both holding up. Mike got. Uh, what did you get? Now I already forgot. Yukon uh, uh, Jack Wicked Hot Whiskey. Mike got a nice big bottle of whiskey, and I had two members of my family give me a half gallon, two half, two separate half gallons of whiskey, which should last me at least through the end of next week, maybe the end of the following week, depending on how I conserve it. <laughs> well, it is, it, it, it's a wonder I can podcast with those guys. <laughs> Drunk well, old this men. Is, <laughs> this is cinnamon-flavored whiskey. This stuff is smooth and nice. Oh, it's wow. like a liquid red hot. I'll have to try that. Yeah, like I say, because sometimes whiskey can be a little harsh, but this stuff is, it's pretty smooth. I, I attempted, because my wife really isn't a drinker, and she certainly, you know, some whiskeys would just make her go, um, but this stuff, I think she might be able to drink it and not be, you know, offended by it, so I don't, and I just take a shot a night. It's not like I'm going through the whole thing. I'm going to make it last year, but. Well, now, I, I, now, see, I just pour three or four fingers. Do, do you both know what I mean when I say that in a glass? Yeah. Okay, I'll put three or four fingers of whiskey in a glass, and I'll just drink it, sip sip it most of the time. It'll last mm-hmm. me, you know, 15 minutes or so to sip through a glass of whiskey. My wife can't stand the stuff. She's like, oh, she said, i got to mix something with it. And she says, you sit there and you just drink it straight. I said, it tastes good. I like the way whiskey tastes. I always yeah, have. I, I can't drink it straight. I've got to mix up. I mean, well, I, and- I do mix it, I just, but I also like it straight. I just... I just you know. find it's too strong for me um, when I drink it straight. So, well, you're also talking to somebody that grew up in an area where moonshine was prevalent. <laughs> and, you can either drink it or run your car on it. And also, used to buy something called. Uh, we'll see if any of our listeners have ever heard of something Mike might have called Everclear. Uh, I've heard the name, but I, I don't know what it is. Though it's almost pure alcohol. It's a hundred and ninety proof. And you're talking some strong stuff. You could mix that with, we used to get a bottle of orange juice, go in the 7-Eleven, get a quart jar of orange juice, and drink off the top two or three ounces or pour it off, whatever you want to do, and then fill it back up with the Everclear and shake it together to mix it. You could leave that out on the coldest night of the year, (laughs) and that shit would not freeze. Cowboy Kool-Aid. You're exactly right. (laughs) That stuff, it gets slushy, but it wouldn't freeze. Well, I went to a party one time where they made this cowboy Kool-Aid, and it was like some fruit juice. They threw some fruit slices in there and some Everclear, and you really didn't taste it, and it went down smooth, and boy, was I, yeah. I won't go into it, uh, but yeah, it was, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) it was wild. We used to have uh, the Jim Jones parties. You ever heard of those? Do you know who I mean when I say Jim Jones? Yeah. uh, Guyana. uh, The cult. Yeah, Guyana. Yeah, there we go, Guyana. That was the place. Do you the know, cult leader that committed suicide, or it, the whole, it had his whole group commit suicide, right. drinking cyanide Kool Aid uh, laced with cyanide. Um, so what we would do to we'd have what we call the Jim Jones party is we'd mix up a bunch of Kool Aid and then fill it full of, uh, you know, sometimes any kind of clear liquor we could find. Most of the time it was grain, and we'd all drink till we fell over and looked like we were dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's healthy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because Kevin wanted to be part of the cult. He just wasn't sure. game enough to well, sign up. <laughs> and while we're 
regaling drinking stuff here. I actually, a couple uh, weeks ago, or about a week and a half ago, we went to a reception to one of the ladies at work at the school with my wife and I. And she's a Mexican lady. And uh, so it was a, for, you know, a, a a Midwestern community of awfully white folks here. It was kind of interesting to go to a uh, Mexican wedding reception, and they had tequila there. And tequila, uh, tequila yeah. And I, I, I took a <laughs> shot of it. It wasn't bad. If I would have swallowed it, just drank it straight down, but I kind of paused, and so it kind of, I, I got it down. It wasn't bad, but it, it wasn't bad stuff. If I could have just taken a straight shot, I think it would have been, would have been good stuff. So let's see, tequila. <laughs> what is it? Lick it. You lick it. Suck it. And slam it. Is that right? You lick I the know, salt. Just... You lick the salt, suck the lime, and then um, slam the shot of tequila. If I remember right, it's been a long time since I did tequila shots. We, we had no lime. We had no salt. We just threw her back. Just, and... Yeah. Yep. Should, yeah. Should just licked your hand. That's what we did with. Uh, that's what we used to. We used to do shots of grain that way. We just slam them back. So it was a cheap way to get drunk. Is all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. On that note, after Mike and I have talked about our old drinking habits, I think we'll close out the show, as I said, before we uh, devolve into litigation uh, type of things that could get us both in trouble. And maybe maybe Mark, too. So we'll start in reverse backwards order the other way around in the future. And um, Mr. Greentree, why don't you tell us where you can be found? In the future? Absolutely. I'm always in the future. You guys are always in the past. It's, uh, there's a time warp that connects us. Now, I so, just had uh, a picture of you dressed like Tim Curry and uh, 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 the, the young, that, what is the movie? I can't uh, oh, now so you got... The, the, the punchline works well when you can remember it. Shit. Ro- Rocky Horror Picture Show. show. I had <laughs> I picture Mark dressed like Tim Curry in that. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, no, this just makes me want to drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything relating to me, simply head across to markgreentree.com. Uh, Mr. Big Pete, can you tell the listeners, because I'm sure they have no idea who you are or where you can be found. Yeah, or any of those silly podcasts that I do. But um, you can fo- uh, follow me on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And uh, to find out all the other stuff that I haven't mentioned hitherto for, uh, it can be found on about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Wonderful. If you want to know more about me, follow my ramblings on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A or you can go over to my about.me page uh, about.me forward slash Kevin Alder to find links to some of the other stuff that I might be working on or teasing at some point and talking about. If you want to find out more about the show, please go over to geekiestshowever.com Leave us some feedback if you want. You can contact us via email that way, I think. Uh, Also, some uh, reviews in iTunes. Always welcome if you haven't had a chance uh, help the show get a little more discovered. Uh, in the meantime, we want to thank everybody for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know the three of us certainly have a good time every week putting the show together for you. So uh, please tell your friends if they if you don't know if there's somebody out there in the vast universe that hasn't listened to us before, uh, please tell them to have a listen. And I will say uh, a special thanks to Elisa Paselli uh, for teasing me with something that fed one of my addictions, and I'll talk more about that next uh, next time we record. So that's it for this week, folks. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And please remember, between now and next week, if you do nothing else, to hug a geek. Hey, guy. There's a new podcast out. 
great. What's it about? Let's Talk Apple. Well, yeah, we will. We will. But uh, what's the podcast called? Let's Talk Apple. Okay, if you want to. Uh, Rainier, Silken, Gold Rush, Pippin. What are you on about? I'm talking Apple. Huh? That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Us talking about apples? Well, there we go again. Tangentially, as usual, moving off topic. Did you know Bart Bouchotts has a new podcast out? Yep. Let's Talk Apple. Oh, jeez. <laughs>